Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me. Alrighty, so my motivational quote to start is by Carrie Fisher, and it says, Sometimes you can only find heaven by slowly backing away from hell. The entrepreneurial spirit, it's really what this country was founded on, right? Small businesses pop up, disappear every day. The stats are staggering. So how does a business grow, stay relevant, and create wealth for everyone within the organization? Also, what happens when bad things happen to the leaders or owners of these businesses? How does a company stay afloat and prosper when things seem to be going wrong? Well, today my guest, Tony Grebmeier, Tony, if I said that wrong, you could correct me later. Tony Grebmeier is no stranger to bad things happening to himself as well as his business. And he's here today to share his story of how he created successful businesses as well as almost losing everything due to addictions. I want to just give you some background on Tony. So he launched his first online business in 1996 in Silicon Valley. It was a web traffic and marketing company, which eventually turned into his first supplement company. In 2001, he went on to build his second supplement company called Ship Offers with two of his, high, uh, two of his childhood best friends, Doug Roberts and Gil Gerstein. Fifteen years later, Ship Offers is an eight-figure business that has been in the Inc. 5000 company for the past three years in a row. The journey to self-fulfillment wasn't easy for Tony. He almost lost it all again back in 2008, struggling with the drug and alcohol addiction. Facing the near destruction of his marriage and the sad realization that he was negatively affecting his kids, um, his kids' lives, Tony made the decision to get sober, and he has stayed sober ever since. As he got clean, um, Tony also became clear about his vision to help others find their passion and achieve more. Quite a ride. So please help me welcome Tony. So, Tony, thank you so much for being on the show and um, for sharing your story. Well, thank you so much, Connie, for having me. It's an honor, and I, I can't wait to, to really just give a lot to your audience today and serve your community. Yes, and I know you talk as quickly as I do, so we're going to cover a lot of mileage today, which is, I think, always helpful. Um, so start off for me. I know that you have a quote to kind of set the scene um, of something that you always say, and then that will set the scene for our topic today. Perfect. I think it's super relevant with the quote you gave, Carrie Fisher. It's, you know, if I can change my behaviors, I can also change my direction in life. Ain't that the truth? And it really all starts with the I, right, with me um, making those decisions. So here's, here's my first question. How did a single knock on the door change the traje trajectory of your life? You know, it's crazy. Ten nine eight. that's October 9, 2008. I just received... Uh, you know, got back from a trip to Mexico. I was separated from my wife, and I called my wife to see my kids. We were, we were apart living, and I said, hey, can I come? And she said, sure. And the moment I got in the car, my wife noted something about me, which I was completely disconnected. I wasn't present. I wasn't mindful of anything that was going on. And, you know, an hour later, we're coming back home, and as I'm getting ready to get out of the car at my apartment complex, she says, can I talk to you for a second? I said, sure. And she gets out. The kids are in the car. They're listening or watching television. And she says, you know, Tony, I just got to tell you, I don't love you anymore. Oh. She says, you know, I've been trying for so long to fix you, help you, but you're not willing to change. 
And I said, okay, thanks. And, you know, uh, maybe gave her a hug, entered my code, went up to my apartment complex. She went home. And uh, I said, that's it. Screw it. You know, like everything in my life has been falling apart. I had lost millions. And I said, you know, what? it's just not worth it anymore. I think this is my time to go. And so I got out of a whole bunch of drugs uh, that I had been prescribed and stuff that I had just picked up. And I literally just began to write my suicide note on my phone. And as I was uh-huh. writing um, this message, my phone rang. And it was from a buddy of mine, John. And John said, hey, can I come and see you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm not doing anything. And so I quickly hung up the phone, put everything away. And I'm not to make light of suicide because it's a really crazy thing. But in the moment, I was so pissed that he ruined my chance to leave. Now, I wasn't thinking about anybody or anyone. I was selfish and self-centered, thinking only of myself. And by the grace of God, um, a knock on my door came. And it was him. And he, he came in and he gave me a big hug. And he said, you know, Tony, your life has meaning and purpose. But what you're doing right now doesn't. And How I do just you know that? that uh, well, we were really, really good friends. We both had gone through some marital issues. And he knew know me pretty well. And I said, okay, fine. And so what did I do? I said, thanks. And I let him tell me what he thought I needed to hear. Well, whatever sunk in that day changed my life forever. Because he told me that my life had meaning and purpose, but what I was doing right now didn't. And you want to talk about a wedge that gets put into a crack and splits wide open? Mm. He, he cracked open my heart, and he gave me hope. Even through despair, even through wanting to take my life, I had a glimmer of hope. And, you know, fast forward to today, I'm, you know, I'm coming up on nine years of sobriety. I'm back with my wife. My kids are, you know, better than ever in our relationships. My business is better at thriving. But a single knock changed the trajectory of my life because it gave me an opportunity to see where I was inauthentic in my ways and in my words. Isn't that the craziest? And, you know, how many times do you hear these stories like this that for the grace of God, you said that well, that there's this knock on the door or he called you on the phone at that moment where you made really a life-altering decision and he you know changed that projection with one phone call that's amazing i'm assuming you're still real good friends with this dude right i talk to john all the time he was here in denver Uh, i call him every year on that same date that's an anniversary i'll never forget that's a date i awoke into new possibilities and opportunities for my life and my family yeah Absolutely. He's your Superman, right? Uh, He's my angel. God delivered me an angel, and he flapped his wings, and I feel him on the breeze all the time. And I always know he's around, and that's he's living and he's alive, but it's my reminder. Yeah. yeah, that's a what a great what a great story. And yes, we're you're certainly not minimizing the um, thought of committed suicide, but also um, sharing that very personal story. You know, I know I appreciate it, and you know, I was like, you know, I, that's not what I expected you to say. So that was, um, you know, that was a good way to start the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, all right. So let's shift to you said you almost lost the business too, and you were making really good money. So what's it like almost losing it? You know, your family, like you said, but while running a business, there's other people who are depending on you. You know, I, I had two mentors growing up. I had a mom and a dad. And I followed really close my dad. I didn't really get to understand what my mom was doing until later in life. But I watched my dad make millions and lose millions and then always find a way to make more money. And I go, you know what? I can do that too. 
And so what did I do? I had made millions and lost it in the midst of all this. I was basically spiritually and mentally and just personally bankrupt. And I said, you know what? I can do what my dad has done, but I want to do things differently. And it goes back to that quote, right? If I can change my behaviors, then I can change my life. Mm-hmm. And so I began to, to really think about what was going on in my life. And I was like, you know, as I, was I showing up the way I wanted to be remembered? Was I leaving a legacy even though I was still very much alive? Was I doing things that made myself proud and then the people around me happy to be around me because they knew that I was serving, right? And so I really had to step back, and uh, I didn't expect to get back together with my wife necessarily. I didn't know what to expect. I just started thinking about getting into a recovery program, which was a few days after that that really led me into hearing my story from other people and realizing, look, they've crawled their way out of a bottom too. Why can't I? Absolutely. And so – really for me became, you know, you hear about programs of recovery and, you know, the, you have a low success rate. Well, I think because, you know, we're talking about so many different variables, I, I treated it like it was life or death. Like, look, I wanted to kill myself and now I'm alive. Okay, cool. So now I have an awareness of, well, you already know what death looks like because you were about to do it. So what does alive look like to you? What would the opposite of everything being gone look like to you? Well, I'd have hope. I'd have encouragement. I'd have people around me today that want to be around me. And what I realized was everybody wasn't pushing me away in their life. They were embracing me, but I was so like, get out of my life. I don't want to be around you. Because I felt like they were trying to change me. That goes back to me being a child and my parent trying to help me. I didn't want to be told what to do anymore. I wanted to be able to start making decisions for myself. And so in this context of this whole time, I had this awareness where if I could if I could just for a moment pause and think, you know, I want to live out my dreams so my dreams don't live out me. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. But all of this said, and I said to myself, you know, Tony, we can do this. And you have to have those types of conversations with yourself. You have to be able to say, you have to muster up enough strength and encouragement to say, you know what, shit, excuse my language, hits the fan. But now is the time for you to step up and do something about it. And so from rock bottom to the rock top of a mountain that I've climbed, all I've done is found a Serpa, somebody to help me get to the top, and the top is never where I think it is. It's never the top. There's always more to climb, and so I'm just busy climbing today. Do you feel that, you know, first of all, that hope, I I think that's such a, a powerful word, and I hope that as people listen, because, you know, bad things happen to good people. We all know that. Who lost a job or, you know, whose business has failed or someone passed away that's close to you. I mean, we always have bad things happening in our lives or around us. That hope is such a, a powerful word to be able to see the forest from the trees or the ability to move forward. So I would imagine that, you know, and after you had that revelation, like in my introduction uh, about you, that now you've almost become the beacon of light of hope for others and really trying to help people drill down, shine their light and figure out what the heck are they supposed to be doing as they climb their mountain? Because everybody's mountain is different. That's the other kind of cool thing, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, so look, sometimes you said we're all going to be faced with some opportunity or obstacle, right? doesn't matter what it is. Some of us will jump off no matter what, just saying it's all going to be okay, and that's the mindset. But you know what? Like in a short period of time, I am married to my wife. Fast forward, you know, we're coming up on 19 years of marriage, so we've been able to work through our past and our differences. It's all me, not her. 
Um, Congrats. Her dad That's got nice. diagnosed, thank you, with Parkinson's. My dad got diagnosed oh. with Alzheimer's. My mother-in-law got diagnosed with breast cancer. My oh. oldest got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at age, you know, uh, 16. Oh. I have to overcome opportunities and obstacles at work. You know, I'm trying to get sober, work on my program, get out of debt, like all of these things. And what I really did is I did something that I should have done a long time ago. I, I was trying to do it all by myself. I was trying to mm-hmm. get success all by myself. And so one of the biggest opportunities was to finally start getting coaching again. Being a student, even though I thought I was a good teacher, coming back and allowing people to show me there is a better way, and, and some say a softer, easier way, I used to say the only way was for me was to take a step, step forward. But if you say if your eyes are closed, how do you know which direction is the direction you're supposed to step? The one that feels the right direction. And so I really began to just say, okay, you know what? I can do this, and I have coached and helped thousands of people to make change in their life by really just having a conversation. I've had a lot of conversations. Most of my day is helping people, service work. It's, you know, the, the quote that I would always use is be the change, right? Like Gandhi, it doesn't start with them. It starts with me. And how can I help myself? Then I can in turn help others only if they're willing. And that's the other most important word. You know, you have hope, but then you have to be willing. You have to be willing to make uh, an admittance that you need help. Yeah, and I think that that's hard for some people to, number one, ask for for help. And I also think um, some people find it very difficult to take that step back and pause. I love that word, pause, and kind of say, hmm, what's my next step? Even if you're not sure what it is, that that thought of what's my next step for me is, is the sign of hope is the sign of they're seeking something, even if you don't have the answer. But I don't know that people have that. I don't know that people always have that capacity um, to get out of their own way. Do you, I, I mean, you coach all the time. Do you find that to be the case too? Cause you don't want to have to, con- you don't want to convince people. They have to believe that they can do it because you can't do it for them. Like nobody could have done this for you. Yeah, I mean, I give an analogy, and I'll give you a quick 30-second description. I want you to stand wherever you're standing. Hopefully, you're not driving in your vehicle, and you actually can get this. I want you to stand looking forward and imagine in front of you is a 10-by-20 dumpster. Mm -hmm. And I want you to imagine everything up until this point in your life is in that dumpster, the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything that you've gone through, the challenges you face, the opportunities you've created for yourself is in that dumpster. And I want you to begin to try to physically push that dumpster forward for a moment. I just want you to get that for a second. All Mm -hmm. right. Now I want you to walk around the dumpster and get in front of it. And as you get in front of the dumpster, where is the dumpster now? Behind you. What's in front of you? Anything you want. It's wide open. Well, that's right. (laughs) It's wide open. But what, what you and most people do, I've done it many times in my life, is push the dumpster of life into everything. So everything that I've gone through, everything that I do, I'm always pushing that into everything I do. So how come my results are always the same? Because that's what I've been doing all my life. So the only and we way all that do I that. Can, yeah, and so what you have to do is stop for a moment and disconnect the dumpster and put it behind you, just like your past. Yesterday's dust. Today is a must. You can't change anything you didn't do yesterday. So what can you do today? Start working on becoming better. Coaching, mentoring, finding somebody to help you. 
And do you find, see, and I, I love that too, because you can't live in the past. What's done is done, can't change it. Why dwell on it? Just move forward. What do I need to do to become better, faster, you know, whatever it is that you're seeking. But don't you find that people live in the past or in the future? Then they, when I have enough money, when I write, you know, I meet the right person, when I, instead of saying, hey, what's working for me now and what do I need to do uh, you know, tomorrow, right, we're always seeking that, you know, what do I need to do, what's, you know, a year from now, and what did I do in the past? Do you find that to be the case? Yeah, and it all goes back to baby steps. You know, you said about the ask. The ask for me is the most important thing. Now, if you take yourself and remember elementary, grade school, junior high, or high school, when you had a question or the teacher needed you to answer something, what'd you do? You raised your hand. Sure. You asked a question. We were sure. trained for 12-plus years. You know, you go off to college, and if you're fortunate enough to do so, and then you get off into the working career, and you forget to ask, you know, for any help because you're afraid. You're afraid of, you know, that call or that question when you had in 11th grade, and you never raised your hand again because he laughed at you because you didn't answer the question correctly. So you get embarrassed. It's all about empowering people to feel free. You know what? You were put on this earth to do one thing. And I tell everybody, just like my good buddy Dev Barron always says, you know, you're a miracle. You are a, a miracle. Somebody held you in your hand, in their hand, and looked at you and said, you're a miracle. So if I know I'm a miracle, that I already know that I have greatness inside of me, that anything that I've done up until this point doesn't matter, but what I'm about to do does, I need to make some big changes if I'm not excited about my life and where I'm going. Yeah, and that's another thing, too. I like that word, excited, right? If you're not excited, we're just going through the motions and just, you know, we're we're like slugs (laughs) moving. Most people are stuck in the trap of life. Most people are stuck in the trap of life. You know, they're they're personally stuck in work and life. Their dreams are so far, it almost is an elusive state that they feel like they never can get. Kind of like how people seek for happiness instead of joy. You should find the joy in your life. Happiness comes and goes. But if you find joy, your purpose, your soul's purpose, and you're on point, oh, my gosh, the world around you is just going to astronomically change. The energy that you attract, the energy that you give to the world, you'll truly be a conduit and watch how everything comes to you and don't have to hold on to any of it. Just let it pass through you. That's the gift because that means that you're a part of energy, which is in everything. And that's the flow. That's the flow. We all have to find the flow in life. You know, and there's so many statistics. Like I said, the statistics of businesses that that start and they don't even make it to the five-year mark. But the statistic of the average working American, 70% don't like their job. 70%. 70%. They're, they're exactly what you said. They're just kind of going through the motions. They're walking through life. They don't think their dreams matter or they don't know how to, how to access those dreams or recharge those dreams. So I like that, you know, that idea of just finding joy every day and remembering that we're a miracle and we're all, we're all kind of cool in our own way um, to figure out what, you know, what you're the coolest at. I guess that's, you know, <laughs> the gig. I love that, Connie. That's too. right on point. Right. You find, yeah, you find right? what like gets you out of bed in the morning. So I used to ask this question and then I really started understanding what the question I was wanting to know. And I'll ask it to you and I'd love the audience to write into you and tweet you and, and, and give the responses, you know, like what got you out of bed this morning? And for me, it wasn't my wife. It wasn't my kids and it wasn't my job. So, so what was it? I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you my answer yet. I want to get your response first, and then I'm going to kind of play off of that for a second. So what got you okay. out of bed this morning? 
Okay, let's take a really quick break, and then when we – see, I'm stalling. No, I'm really not. I, let's take a quick break, and then when I come back, I will, I will definitely answer that, okay? So real quick break, and then Sounds we're going to come back with Tony. All right, cool. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back, and we are speaking with Tony. And am I saying your your name right, Grebmeyer? That's perfect. The first two, not so much. But hey, hey, that's in the past. This is good. You did great. <laughs> I think I said Grebmere before. Like you were some like, walking dead character. Grebmere, right? <laughs> All right. So what, what, what wakes me up in the morning? Yeah, I, 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 you know, yes, of course, we live for our kids and all of that, but that's not what, what gets me up in the morning. Um, for me, like example, I knew I was doing this show today. I love learning. I love talking to other people about, like, what, what gets them going. How do they learn? What do they give back? And the other thing for me, um, I do a lot of coaching. I like helping people see what they can't see because they don't understand or because they weren't taught or because they can't get out of their own way. And then when I say something to them, or like you said, you ask a question and all of a sudden you see like a veil lift that they're not a deer in headlights anymore. You're like, all right, now we're on the path. Now we can change. So for me, it's creating change, not only in my life, but in the, in the people I serve and, and my clients. I, I just, I love being with people. I love I it. Okay, your so you're right on point with mine. So mine's contribution, right? I get out of bed to help people, right? By helping people, who do I help? Myself, right? Totally. You go out today and you coach and you work with a lot of different people, you're going to be experiencing a lot of challenges because your clients come to you and the people that you're working with, they're, they're facing adversity and you're there to be the calm in the storm. And That's you're, right. there to, you're there to give them the other oar when they've been paddling their boat in circles. And you're like, hey, let me yep. help you. We'll do this together. Right? So contribution yep. is what Absolutely. I do. What I want people to do is find what their purpose, their, their meaning, their, their reason for getting out of bed. Right? Because at the end of the day, all that truly matters is that you're living an authentic, transparent life that you can't wait to get up for each and every day. And you're so excited when you do wake up that it propels you throughout your day. Everything you do, it just has like this purpose. And then when you get ready to go to bed, you get to reflect. And that's the key. Most people are not happy because they don't spend any time reflecting on everything they've done. So all they feel is a bunch of crap because they're like, look at this. I'm in debt. I had this problem. I had this. Okay, cool. Move all the negative to the left and put all the positive on the right. I guarantee you the positive, if you begin to change the mind and spend more time in gratitude, your attitude will change. Absolutely. And, and that's the other thing I find. People don't ever stop to just be grateful. You know, oh, I don't have enough money. 
okay, but do you have food on the table every day? Do you have a house, even if it's not your dream house? Do you have an apartment or do you have a roof over your head? Are your kids healthy? You know, do you still have your mom and dad alive? Like these are all blessings that we just kind of take for granted because we're in debt or I don't have the job that I want and, and all these other things. It's very easy to dwell, to be that negative um, dwelling perspective versus seeking the gratitude. And it's, it's two things. When, I, when I'm with people and I'm coaching or I'm teaching, it doesn't matter what the venue is. For me, it's always the same. I talk about gratitude a lot, and I tell people, when you put your head on the pillow, instead of rehashing the day about everything that went wrong, rehash the day about the things that you, you did well or, or cool things that happened or that great cup of coffee this morning and how it got you going, you know, or the birds were chirping outside your window when you first woke up. Oh, my God, is that amazing, right? So what are the things you were grateful for that day? And you'll wake up. And Wayne Dyer, um, one of his books, he had this as an exercise, Tony, where he says, before you go to bed, think of all the really cool things, three, four, five things list that happened to you that were really, really good. And now your brain, as you go to bed, it's percolating on positive things, not I didn't get this done, my to-do list, I have a stupid meeting tomorrow, blah, 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 right, all of that garbage. He says you wake up the next morning and you, you're in a, bo- a better perspective. You're more positive. And it's really true. It's just that little bit of gratitude kind of catapults you into the next day, into the next day, into the next week, into the next year, um, et cetera. So I'm, I'm with you, brother, all the way. Yeah, no, no, no. You, you said it best, right? So Wayne, Wayne kind of uses his analogy. I just say plant seeds before you go to bed and let your subconscious water it all night. And then when you wake yeah. up, just make sure that you pull any weeds that popped up because that's what happens and that's what sidetracks us. You know, not too long ago, I interviewed uh, a really amazing guy, Bedros Killian, and he said, you know, the moment you wake up in the morning and, you're, and your alarm's going off and you hit snooze, you kind of lose because oh, you're God, already yeah. setting yourself up for failure instead of setting yourself up for success. So if you know all these yeah. traits or habits that are kind of going on in your life, let's start destroying some of those excuses that you have around them. Because it's your belief, it's, it's your personal belief in yourself, it's your methodology, it's your, it's your philosophy of why you kind of wake up the way you do every single day. Now, I'm not in prison, I've never been you know, incarcerated, I've never been handcuffed, but I know what it's like to be imprisoned in my mind. Mm. I know what it's like to, to, to not have any hope and to get to the point mm-hmm. of wanting to commit suicide. I know what it's like being molested by my father. I know what it's like when all of these things go wrong, but then on the other side, holding my dad's hand as he's dying and loving him more today than I ever have, forgiving him for everything that he's done, because you know what? You only get one mom, one dad, and you do the best you can with loving them, and they do the best they can loving you. After my dad passed, I got a phone call from my aunt who said, hey, I didn't know if you knew this or not, but your dad and I used to be put in dog kennels every afternoon from our adopted parents, Oh, right? We don't know everything that's going on. So every person that you meet, every person that you come in contact with is going through something or has gone through something. But the one thing that keeps us all connected, it's the one thing. It's our heartbeat. And what we have to do as human beings on planet Earth is find a connection. How do we have more connection with people? Well, first you find a frequency. Then you get in contact with them. And before you know it, your heart beats in alignment with them. And if it's not beating in alignment with them, you kind of know the people you want to get out of your life. Absolutely. Because you're that's, just trying to get in alignment with people. That's it. 
And, and you know what, Tony, I'm finding more and more, and again, I don't know if it's because I'm, you know, middle-aged, but I'm finding that our world, our society is so more open to conversations about frequency and, you know, that we're all united or, or connected in some way, because we really are. And, you know, you'll, you'll hear, like, let's say you and I become friends, right? And you mention somebody and I'm like, oh my God, you know them? And you're like, yeah, how do you know them? I know them from Rutgers when I was in college. Oh my God, I met them at my first job. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, and you know that person? We're all so darn connected and yet we, we think that we're not. Or the synchronicity of, um, you know, your, your friend calling you. Meanwhile, you were just thinking of them at that moment. We're connected. So people that oh, would yeah. go, oh, no, we're not. oh, yes, you are. These things do not just happen by accident. And when they start happening with frequency, meaning a lot of time, um, then you're in the frequency where you're kind of um, even more connected with people. I, just, I have to ask you a question about your friends now. So you've been in business with your two best childhood friends, right, the, the guys. Yep. Um, what's that like? That must be kind of cool. So I'll give you a little backstory. So when I was going through my upbringing, I, uh, you know, had a difficulty around 15, 16. I got my gear pierced. I kicked myself out of the house. And then I ended up going and living with one of my business partner's family. And they kind of took me in for a short period of time. And then my other friend who lived in my neighborhood, um, I just became really passionate. And we started doing kind of businesses together. And so I kind of knew at the very early age, I knew enough about the foundation I knew their kind of their history, and I knew that, you know what, they came from good, solid foundations. So fast forward, we all finish high school, all go off to college. One gets his MBA from Pepperdine. Uh, one graduates from UCLA and goes and works for uh, Mattel designing Hot Wheels. I didn't do too well in school. It wasn't for me. So I ended up in a radio profession, and I was an air personality for many years. And my one business partner from Mattel, Gil, said, hey, what do you think about launching a business? So 1996, Gil and I have been in business now over 20 years together. And so I said, cool. you know, whatever, whatever you'd like to do. I didn't really care. I just wanted to do something with somebody that I loved, and I loved being around my friends. That's why you have people in your life. Absolutely. And so, so you know, like early two, 2000, so October 20 of 2000, um, Gil and myself were business partners in another company, and I saw an opportunity to kind of, parlay my way away and go do something else just kind of more on just with Gil and myself. And as we're, as we're working and doing our thing, um, we see Doug and Doug's now graduating with his MBA and Gil and I sucked at finances. We made it. I spent it. And then he goes, why? And he goes, don't worry about it. Me being the motivator, like we'll make more of it. Like that's how I always kind of looked at like business and money. And so he's like, if you say so. And I'm like, yeah. And so we always made more money, but we always spent it. So once really we got Doug on board, he provided an opportunity because Doug's the polar opposite of me. Gil's the middle of the teeter totter. He's the sure. in between. He's that little balance. balance. So we have a great yeah. philosophy. All three agree or we don't do it. So if two say yes, one says no, we just don't do it. And uh, we've had two, two kind of like arguments or kind of difficult diff uh, conversations in, you know, 16 plus years. They're all because of me. You know, I can go to my immaturity state, the kid kicking and screaming at Toys R Us because I didn't get my way. Because that's just what I want, right? I have so much passion and belief. And so I get really mad really easy. Even though I coach people, I still have that ability. And so I have to be mindful of why I get frustrated. 
because I'm so passionate about what I want. And when, when I don't see people like on the same, you know, bus going down the street with me or the same train as it's going a hundred million miles an hour. And I just see them like standing on the side. I'm like, come on guys, don't you see the opportunity? But that's why I've got in my life because I have to remind myself I'm not in charge. Somebody else is driving the bus. Somebody else is driving the train. I'm a passenger doing the best I can to go from station to station or stop to stop. And I can't have to always be in charge. And so that was like one of the biggest mental shifts for me is after getting sober and kind of getting out of debt and repairing my marriage. It's a work in progress, as I like to say, because it's a day by day. It's a step by step. It's a moment by moment. It's a learning, you know, you don't have your kid at the time who's six turn to you and say, hey, dad used to be the strongest man I know, and now you're the weakest, you don't ever lose sight of that conversation. Now, he just graduated high school at 18. I asked him, I said, hey, do you remember saying that? He goes, nope. You know, so I I, I equate that to another God shot. I just equate that to, you know, in the moment, I heard what I heard. He may have never said it. But, man, it changed who I am as a human being. So being in business with my friends has been the greatest lesson outside of the house because it's life and you know we do a lot of life together and go ahead I was just I was just going to say everything you just said you know work in progress with your wife let's face it it you know marriage is to me the best thing ever I mean I just had my 25th anniversary in January and I'm still madly in love with my husband yeah it's nice you know you know, there are days where he looks at me and he goes, you're not being very nice today. I'm like, you just on my last nerve. Like, get away from me. That's terrible. You know what I mean? But it's, you, it's work. So at work, it's work. With all the relationships you have in your business life, you happen to have two of your childhood friends who probably know you better than yourself, which is, it could be a double-edged sword of a good thing or a bad thing, right? So you have oh, that, it's like having you know, three they, wives. It's like having yeah. three wives because they know everything, right? <laughs> They know when I'm on my game or I'm off my game. They're like, is it that time of month, Tony? I'm like, you guys go through it too. Yes, it is that time of month. Thank you. But you know the interesting part? You know, you've got 25 years of marriage. Somebody's got to be with you for 25 years. You know, that's 168 hours every single week, 24 hours a day. And they are with you as you go through your evolution. Of course you've changed, right? You're not the same person as when you guys got married. You've evolved. You constantly are getting better. And it's so great because that's like my favorite kind of scene from the notebook is when Noah is basically calling out his girlfriend at the time, like, I'm going to tell you when you're being a bitch. I'm just going to tell you. That's what we do. We just fight. We argue. But, you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't change that I don't love you. I love you with everything that I am as a human being. But my wife and I, I got to tell you, I got to just love on her for a second. We have been married coming up on 19 years. We just got back from our fourth trip in the last year to Europe. Two of them just been with her and I. Um, really, nice. as our kids are getting off to college, you know, one's going to be a junior, one's going to be a freshman in college. We're starting to see the fruits of our work pay off. You know, all the sacrifice, all the struggle, everything that we've done to get to where we're at. We love each other more today than we probably have ever loved each other because we understand yeah. each other. Yeah. We didn't understand each other when we got married. We were two little kids madly in love. She was 19. I was 25. Is she saw me, I saw her, and she was like, ooh. I'm like, yeah. And you go, yeah. The next thing you know, we're married. You know? Yeah, and two kids later. Yep. <laughs> All right. We have literally, like, no time left. But I want you to give 
share one of the greatest lessons for maintaining the success that truly, I mean, even with all of these ups and downs, God bless you that you are so successful and you really are a man of service and and trying to change the world and trying to change people. And I, I commend you for that. What would be the one thing that you would share with people listening? Just that you have greatness inside of you and you don't have to get anywhere. You're exactly where you're supposed to be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. However, if you're not, being honest with yourself, then I invite you to do something about it, right? Most of us wake up in the morning, hopefully contribution, something on your mind to go out and do good into the world. A lot of us are stuck. We're just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I was wanting to end it all because I didn't ask. So the greatest gift that I'll ever give you is asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of greatness. Absolutely. Ask your truth, speak your truth, Find a, find a different audience, beat a different drum until someone hears you. The old cry wolf, don't worry about that. As long as you bring value to the table and you're willing to give to receive, you will always come out on the other side a true winner. It's true. And, and Tony, I love that you, you're kind of ending on that because really when you give, it makes you feel so good, but you, you get a million times back it's in it's it's the most bizarre it's just bizarre you know you give your last dollar and then all of a sudden that day in the mail you'll get a check for a hundred dollars it just you know you give of your time and you and your love and and you give freely um, somebody is going to be there when you're down next week and they're going to be there to pick you up so when you give you get so much back and the other thing for me is I, I think gratitude is just really important everybody everybody has something to be grateful for even when crap happens and the bad stuff happens, there's always something to be grateful for. And, and I think that's what helps us shift out of, you know, like when your friend knocked on the door or made the phone call. There was the lifeline of hope for you. And I'm sure I know you're, you're, you feel tremendous gratitude towards um, that friend. You know, they saved your life. Think about it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, as I'll leave with one last thing, if you guys, wherever you're at in your journey, it doesn't matter. Take a piece of paper out and write down three things you're grateful for today, right? And if, mm-hmm. if you're like, I don't know what I'm grateful for, maybe your, your fingers and your toes and your nose. I'm just saying. But tomorrow, don't use your, your fingers, toes, and nose. Go find yep. your eyes, Pick your ears, up. and your yep. heart, okay? And in 30 days, you'll have 90 things to be grateful for. I always tell people there's something to be grateful for in everything you do. And everything that you go through, there's something to be grateful for. The problem is we spend no time in reflection. No. An attitude of gratitude will help you to win every single time. If I can swear for one second, it's only in context, I'm going to say it. Yes, okay. you may. I can choose to live in my gratitude or I can li- or choose to live in my shititudes. That's right. Because you have to make the decision when you wake up today, like how are you going to show up to the world? How do you want people to perceive you and also to receive you? And yep. if you come with gratitude on your heart and you lead with your heart first – I promise you great things will happen. Yeah, I love shititudes. I'm going to use that. I love it. Tony. Yeah, you, can either, that. you can either live in your <laughs> gratitudes or your shititudes, right? You just have to choose. I love it. I love your sense of humor. So, guys, if you want more Tony, you can go to his website at www.tonygrebmeyer, and I'm going to spell it. Of course, Tony is T-O-N-Y, and then Grebmeyer is G-R, G like George, R-E-B like boy, M-E, 
I-E-R. And no worries, I will post it on the Web Talk Radio Architecture Change platform. You guys can click and bam, it'll take you right to Tony's website. He has some cool things on it. He has a podcast as well. So really, really, if you want more Tony, please go to his website. Also, if Gosh, you guys want more. I can't more, wait for that. If you want more yeah. Tony, that's like, the, that's like bam, I love that. If you want more Tony. Isn't that cool? No. Yeah. But Connie, and I was before, I let say, you go, before I let yeah. you go, thank you for being just dynamic. Thanks for just being oh. transformational. Thanks for opening your heart, your audience, and allowing me to come in and just share what I'm passionate about. But also just being a great, you know, I, I, I love it because I'm talking to myself in a lot of ways, right? I'm talking to somebody who is yeah. a good conductor. There's a lot of instruments being played, and you're like, okay, you do this, you do that, and it all works out. But I just want to say thank it you does. because you showed up today and helped to make all of this work. And I got to participate in kind of your design and your plan. So thanks for letting me be a part of it. And I have to tell you, your patience, everybody doesn't know this, but there was tremendous technical difficulty. And poor Tony was like, yeah, pause, it's all good. So his, um, your relaxed state did not make me panic, and I think we had an amazing show. So I do want to thank you for that as well. Um, you guys, if you want more Connie, you can email me directly because I do respond to my own emails. I don't hire anybody for that. But email me at Connie at com. And I truly am here to inspire and help you as well. So uh, you want more Tony? You know where to go. You want more Connie? You know where to go. So, Tony, thank you again for being just an amazing guest. Really, really my pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Back at you. I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we embrace change no matter where you are in your path and realize that change is possible and really most times often um, easier than we often think. Uh, you've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on, um, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you, everyone. Have an inspired week and pick something to be grateful for. Be well. Did it stop recording? Ladies and gentlemen, the show has officially stopped recording. <laughs> You're crazy, you know. <laughs> Thanks yeah, you don't do so as many much. drugs as I did and survive, right? I, so you got to come I up guess, the other side. Right? We're, so hopefully I served your audience well and helped you out, and I appreciate you helping me out. And I'd love and I'm going um, to reciprocate, so I'm going to have my – my team reach out to you and we'll schedule some time. If you want to come on and do a fun podcast, it's much like what you did today. Just flip you aside and let you be the the star. I'd love to do that. That would be amazing. So yes, have them reach me. Also, I'm, I'm doing a lot of traveling. So I'm taping shows in advance just so that I don't miss a week. I'm I'm about, I'm really anal about the podcast. I think it's important. And so I know I don't ever miss it. So this show is going to post mid I want to say that mid to the, like the third week in July, but I'll send it. I have Donji. Did I say her name right? Yeah, Donya. Uh, yeah, D-O-N. Donya. Yep. Donya. Yep. I have her um, email because I sent you the call-in information today. So I will send that to her. And, yes, have her send me dates. I would love to do that. You're amazing. And I just – here, just two things. First, I'm glad that you didn't leave. You know, I'm glad you kind of stuck around. And um, <laughs> you really are – seriously, I don't know if people ever say that to you, but thanks for sticking around. And um, thanks for coming on and really being – honest and sharing you know a very serious story and but making it serious but that there's always hope so thank you for that i think people no i appreciate they need hope tony yeah they do it it, you know what i've also discovered and then i'll let you rock because i got another show coming in just a couple minutes yeah So, so you have to ask yourself 
is it still happening? Is like, you know, is your destructive behavior still happening? Or have you decided to make a change? And then yeah. for me, you know, coming up on nine years of sobriety, uh, I'm 43. Well, no, I take it back. I'm 44. So uh, 44 years on planet Earth, uh, eight minus that, right? So what is that? I'm really bad with math today. So 36. 36. 36. So 36 years of my old behavior still affect my new behavior every day. Yeah. So I have to wake up and do something that I didn't do yesterday, today, because I got to get better. Yeah. And I spent $100,000 in personal development and coaching alone last year. God bless. You know, no, and so the whole, yeah, the, look, the whole thing is, yeah, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta go out and, uh, entrench yourself. And I, you know, I launched my own personal kind of brand. I'm launching a course. I, I, I do a lot of things around excuses. So, you know, we all, we all have them. We all make them up. They all come as blind spots. That's why I loved your little analogy. I didn't go down the road of blind spots once I heard you say it, but blind spots to me are something that once you help people identify the second time is a choice. Yeah. I, this is a quote I always say, you don't know what you don't know until you know it, then you can't unknow it. And that's the truth, yeah. right? You, you don't know what you don't know, so you can't blame people. Once you know it, now you have a choice to say, I continue to live in that light or, or that shadow or that darkness or I choose something differently. But that's on you, you know, and you have to own it. Do you ever want to come on? I love the topic of blind spots and choices and excuses and how excuses are bullshit, you know? So if oh, you yeah, ever I mean, want to come yeah, I would love to. My my course is going to launch again. So I just finished my first live event around it. So I, I own the domain, destroyingexcuses.com. Um, cool. And the domain kind Maybe of Maybe we do a show thing. on that. Maybe we do a oh, show yeah, on so like that. Oh, yeah, I'm so passionate about it. Get, oh, my why God. don't we yeah, do it? Then like, we'll drive people to that, too. I mean, let's make money, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I so, love that. Yeah. The, uh, my webinar is going to be finished on the 29th of June, okay. and then we're going to be launching around that. And then my next course, I'm going to start seeding the course on July uh, 10th. That's when my next one launches. It's an evergreen, but I really try to drive like once a month, like people, so they go and they get it. And then I have a Facebook community in a world where everybody comes in, and then we work on daily exercises, and we watch you know, six weeks of videos, but we do it one day at a time together, and we really kind of start understanding it. Habits have to change. You know, language how long are those? Like, how long are those sessions, this one that starts July 10th? How long will that run? It's six weeks. Everything's six weeks. Okay, and then yeah. you'll run another one in August. I'll run them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can run them okay. at any time with you because, you know, which is great, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is, you know, everybody says, like, what is it the hell that you do? My aunt called me today, not that one that I was talking about. My other aunt goes, what, what do you do? I watch your videos, but I don't know what you do. I said, isn't that exciting that everything's my muse, and I just get to go do what I love, which is being of service to others. Yeah. How cool is that? That's and a, if everybody wants to know what you do, you just help people. Man, that's like for yeah. me, that's Gandhi. Like They're that's gone. why like I'm so passionate about like the whole statement because it's so easy. Be the change. Don't worry about what you're doing. Worry about what I'm doing. Right? That's for me to that's say. Right. You go right. worry about I totally you. Love it. I worry about me. I don't care what's on the news. Do I care about what's right. happening in our universe and our world? Yeah, but can I change what happened in London when I was sitting in Italy? No. <sighs> yeah. Can I be present that what happened at British Airways two weeks ago was going to cause me tons of panic and craziness, but what I did is got on the plane anyways. Absolutely. And what did I do? I got there, and I was there the second day, and I got to my next stop, and I flew away. And I didn't allow any of that to, to stop me or burn and be or hold me back. But most people with excuses, it stems from three character traits from their childhood. 
It comes from yep. three things that happened in their early childhood, and so they get really good at just making excuses. Yep, and, the uh, yeah, I just I don't live in an excuse world. But no, I do make either. excuses, though. I do make excuses because I get pissed off at people, and that's my biggest excuse. And that's why I do what I do, because I want to coach people. Like, you being transparent and say you have your good days and your bad days only brings your audience closer. There is no guru. We're just yep. giant human beings relating to other humans and yeah, uh, doing up. the best we can to help them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I appreciate you. I can't thank you enough. And uh, My pleasure. Me, Lo- love, love where are you going on vacation? Yes. Um, we're going. We have a house in Long Beach Island, in on the Jersey Shore. So we take a week in July and a week in August, much needed vacation. It's my favorite place on earth. The kids love it. Their friends come down. We have a house full of people. Fireworks on the lagoon. You know, we have the water in the backyard. It's it's just. Amazing. How old are your kids? So I have. Um, I'm laughing. I have a, a 17 year old. He's going. He'll be 18 this summer, going to college, and in September. And then my big guy is turning 21 this summer, and he's going to be a junior in college. So I have the exact same thing as you. We're going to be empty nesters together. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Thanks again, Tone. Be right. well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.